Lurking in the shadows is a predator unlike any other. Cities all over the nation be on alert. This predator doesn't slow down. It doesn't take a break. It's always on the prowl. Joining you on the prowl to talk Jacksonville Jaguars is Dan Tatora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. That is on the prowl, and that is exactly what we're doing here in the second hour of the broadcast. Every Monday, we go on the prowl here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to bring you Jacksonville Jaguars coverage. It is my 10th season of being on-site, on-location, and covering the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I am so proud and happy to do so being down in Jacksonville and being on site for this game against the Jets, which they win 31-12. to We have a lot to talk about and a lot to get to, so let's jump into it right now. The Jacksonville Jaguars open the doors at home for the third time in three weeks, playing host to the New York Jets this past weekend. In their first home game of the season, Jacksonville defeated the New England Patriots for the first time ever in the regular season and only the second time in 13 tries. Their last win over New England coming in 1999 in the playoffs. They had never defeated them in the regular season before. It was also the Jaguars' first victory over the Patriots with Tom Brady as their quarterback. But they would have little to no offense without starters left tackle Cam Robinson, right guard A.J. Can, and running back Leonard Fournette, and lose to the visiting Tennessee Titans 9-6 in an ugly showing. Jacksonville's all-time record against Tennessee is now 20-26, and Jacksonville has not defeated Tennessee on a Sunday in five years. Their third game in a row at home featured the Jaguars against the Jets. It also featured the return of Leonard Fournette, who sat out the uh, who sat out of the contest against the Patriots and the Titans due to a hamstring injury. Fournette would take his second carry of the game eight yards, and his third would give Jacksonville a first down. But gotta wait on that <laughs> as the game went on, and Leonard Fournette. Not necessarily continuing to do that. The Jaguars would have five first downs on their opening drive of the game, but they would not score a touchdown. That is something big on this. They would have five first downs. Got to complete it. Got to get it into the end zone. They went from their own six-yard line to the Jets' 14, but would only come away with a field goal. Better than nothing, but Josh Lambeau doing what he needed to do, 32 yards away to make it happen. Blake Bortles had given first downs, Two wide receiver Dante Moncrief, a 23-yard keeper by Bortles himself. Fournette's aforementioned run, another reception by Moncrief, and a catch by wide receiver D.D. Westbrook. Five first downs on the opening drive and only three points. Jacksonville's definitely got to change that. Jacksonville's second drive of the game would end the first quarter and go to the 925 mark. And this is the thing about being a team that can systematically take some time off the clock, even without Leonard Fournette. They took down the clock from the end of the first quarter to 925 left in the second quarter, and they'd gain first downs through the air with Bortles going to tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins for a 21-yard gain, to Moncrief for 13 yards, and then to D.D. Westbrook for 20 yards. But there was no icing on the cake. After they gained three first downs on the drive, the Jaguars settled for another field goal. Thankfully, Josh Lambeau's got the boot to do it, 22 yards away. And Jacksonville's up six to nothing. After two drives, Jacksonville was four for six on third down. On their third drive of the first half, Bortles found tight end James O'Shaughnessy on third and fourteen, who received the ball, cut in, and went forward for the first time. Time. 
Third time proved to be the charm for the Jaguars as they finished their third offensive drive of the first half with their first touchdown of the game. Bortles in the shotgun found running back TJ Yeldon short, who took it 31 yards to pay dirt, doing what he does, and this is what I tell people all the time, and thankfully people are starting to see this, if not have educated themselves enough to see it back when I saw it, is that the reality is that TJ Yeldon is one of those guys that is, you know, he's one of the running backs in the NFL that is a great check down back. He's great at lining up in the backfield, and then, you know, they call hike. He sneaks a little bit outside. He stays close enough to Bortles for Bortles to see him in an emergency, dumps the ball off, and just on a play like this, he did it against the Patriots. He did it during the season last season, did it against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and helped the Jaguars to secure the victory. T.J. Yeldon, 31 yards off of a short pass that he took, to pay dirt to make it 13-0 Jaguars. He can run the ball, and I think that he's you know fitting to potentially be a better running back than some may have thought, but his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield is tremendous, and to be able to make a play afterward is even bigger. You look at Tom Brady made his hay with, with Danny Amendola and Wes Welker and Julian Edelman catching short passes and going somewhere with them. T.J. Yeldon doing it with Blake Bortles, and the team was up 13 to nothing, giving them 10. And they had 10 first downs in the first half on three drives, each ending with points. So three drives in the first half, all of them coming away with points, 10 first downs on three drives. After ending all of their first three drives of the game with punts, the Jets almost ended their fourth drive with a takeaway when free safety to Sean Gibson Sr. intercepted New York rookie quarterback Sam Darnold, but the interception was called off due to defensive holding on Jaguars corner A.J. Boye, which we'll talk about with A.J. in just a little bit. New York would go for it on fourth and one during this drive, and Darnold would send it downfield to wide receiver Quincy Inunua, who got his hands on the ball but didn't corral it in. Turning the possession over to Jacksonville, Gibson would call would be called on the play for defensive taunting, moving the Jaguars from their own 49 back to their 35-yard line. Bortles and Westbrook wasted no time, with Bortles sending the ball downfield to Westbrook, who achieved the first down and more, receiving contact and pushing forward for more, accumulating 24 yards on the play. A five-yard scramble by Bortles will get the Jaguars to the New York 36, and the drive would end on the foot of Lambeau again, who made his third field goal of the first half alone, coming from 54 yards away to give the Jaguars a 16-0 advantage at halftime. After scoring on all four of their first half drives, though, the Jaguars would punt the ball away after their fifth drive to begin the second half. However, the defense attained points and gave the ball back to Bortles when they tackled Jets running back Isaiah Crowell in his own end zone for a safety that elevated the Jaguars to an 18-0 lead. On the possession that came as a package deal with the safety attained, Jacksonville did not come away with an offensive score, punting the ball away for only the second time in the game, both in the third quarter. Rookie wide receiver DJ Chark Jr., not a Wookiee wide receiver, that would make him a Star Wars character, but Nate Hackett's a big Star Wars fan and he tries to institute it on offense, and you'll hear me speak with James O'Shaughnessy about that, so saying Wookiee wide receiver isn't as crazy as you'd think it is. Chark would be flagged on a punt attempt for interfering with the punt returner because he made contact before the ball came in, putting New York on their own 33-yard line to start their second drive of the second half. The Jets would take this drive all the way to the Jaguars' 22, and wide receiver Jermaine Kearse 
what or curse, pardon me, would would reel the ball in on third down, but the catch was called off, ruled out of bounds. New York would challenge the ruling and with success as the officiating crew overturned the call, giving Curse the catch, placing the Jets on the Jaguars' 10-yard line on first and 10. Darnell, Darnold pardon me, would overthrow his receiver in the end zone, and former Jaguars kicker Jason Myers, who was booed coming out onto the field, would put his 27-yard attempt through the uprights. The former Jaguars kicker, who lost his job last year to too many missed opportunities in his short time in Jacksonville, taken over after Josh Scobie was traded away. Jason Myers was in a position to take over and become the Jaguars guy and ultimately didn't do enough. Josh Lambeau got hired. Josh has been doing a tremendous job last season and into this season. Jason Myers comes back to Jacksonville, Florida at TIAA Bank Fields to a bunch of boos from the fans that you typically don't hear against a kicker and Myers was able to put a 27-yarder through to give New York their first score of the game after being scoreless for the first 40 minutes of play against the Jaguars. Within one minute and 20 seconds, Jacksonville had a response to that field goal by Jason Myers when Bortles saw Moncrief in single coverage. Bortles led Moncrief with his throw, and Moncrief got separation from cornerback Tremaine Johnson, catching the ball and taking off on a 67-yard scamper to the end zone, giving the Jaguars a 25-3 lead with 340 left in the third quarter. For people that say that Blake Bortles is not a good quarterback, case in point to negate that is to showcase that play where he led Dante Moncrief with his pass, saying basically threw that ball saying, Dante, the ball is going to be there. You better be. And Dante found a way to get there. Jaguars strong safety Barry Church would sack Darnold for a 10-yard loss on the Jets' following drive. The Jets would punt the ball away on a quick three and out. Despite punting the ball away themselves on their following drive, Jacksonville did achieve something before sending the ball back to New York when Bortles completed his 21st pass of the game, giving him 1,407 career completions, making him second on the franchise list for Jaguars quarterbacks, moving Bortles ahead of former quarterback of the Jaguars, David Garrard, who has 1,406 completions. Mark Brunel is now the only person ahead of Bortles for being the all-time career completion leader for the Jaguars. Brunel has 2,184 career completions. After the Jaguars punted the ball away for the third time in the second half, the Jets responded with a drive that went from 33 seconds left in the third quarter to 12.53 remaining in the game, ending with Myers' second field goal of the game, this from 38 yards away to make it 25-6. to On Jacksonville's first play of the next drive, Yeldon would be stripped by Williamson and Tremaine Johnson, who had fallen behind Moncrief on Jacksonville's last touchdown, scooped up the ball and returned at 25 yards to the Jaguars' five-yard line, obviously trying to make up for his mistake before. Darnold would get his first touchdown pass of the game with 11-18 remaining in the contest when he found tight end Jordan Leggett open in the end zone, bringing the score to 25-12 Jaguars. And to show how small of a world it is, we were talking in the first hour wake-up call about Syracuse-Clemson. Jordan Leggett is a former tight end of Clemson. Jacksonville would punt the ball away on fourth and one with under 9.30 left in the game. It was their fourth punt in the second half after not punting at all in the first half. Inside seven minutes to play, Westbrook seemingly had yet another first down off of a catch and run. However, he fumbled the ball with cornerback Buster Scrine helping to facilitate the fumble as well as obtain the recovery. But the Jaguars' defense defense would come up big again, and Darnold would continue to overshoot his receivers, resulting in the Jets having nothing to show following their fumble recovery. With 4.22 to go, Jacksonville took over, and once again Westbrook took over in the open field. 
following his fumble. So you talk about Tremaine Johnson gave up a touchdown to Moncrief and then turned around and was, was uh, you know, big on grabbing the fumble and returning it 25 yards to help Darnold get his first touchdown of the game and the Jets get their first touchdown of the game. Well, in the same respect on the other side, D.D. Westbrook fumbles. So what does he do when they get the ball back? The Jaguars would take three minutes and 57 seconds off the game clock. And Westbrook would help this team move the ball forward. It would end with a two-yard run by T.J. Yeldon on fourth and two for the touchdown. Jacksonville would attempt a two-point conversion to follow, and Bortles would overthrow Westbrook toward the left corner of the end zone. The two direct snaps to Yeldon on the drive and two-point conversion try looked to be offensive coordinator Nate Hackett testing out plays to get them on film and see what it looks like. When you're up and you're leading, he was taking chances. Normally teams just go for the field goal, do this, do that, do the other thing. He decided, you know what, let's do some direct snaps. Let's go for it on fourth and two. You know, he was right. I mean, obviously Doug Marone makes the ultimate choice, but Nate Hackett setting up these plays and he found success with the direct snaps and he found success with that play on fourth and two to TJ Yeldon getting in the end zone with his third trip right or third third times a charm right in front of the end zone for TJ Yeldon. Yeldon's touchdown would be the final score of the game, providing the Jaguars with a 31 to 12 victory over the Jets, giving the Jags a 2 and 1 record at home this season and 3 and 1 overall. Along with becoming second all-time among Jacksonville quarterbacks in career completions, Bortles achieved his most passing yards ever in a single game with 388 against the Jets in this contest. He passed his previous best, which ironically was also against the Jets, which was 381 yards 20 in a game that ended 28-23 to back on November 8, 2015 on the road. That was a loss. So his two top passing performances in yards in a single game are both against the Jets, but this time around they get the victory, not the loss. 381 yards back in 2015, but the team lost. This time he gets seven more yards, and the team has 19 more points to win 31-12. to Bortles finished 29 for 38 for 388 passing yards, two touchdowns and one interception off the aforementioned tip ball. He completed 76.3% of his passes. Blake Bortles' career day with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And to speak on that and so much more, we're going to start the conversation off with James O'Shaughnessy. James O'Shaughnessy joining the broadcast with me here. And James and I spoke on when his number was called Taking Care of Business. Niles Paul, Austin Safarian Jenkins, and James O'Shaughnessy have all been used in the offense. O'Shaughnessy came up big against the Steelers in the AFC Divisional game, and in this game he was asked to come up big again and move the ball forward. This is what he had to say. Well, you know, um, offensively we know what we want to be, and um, we're run first team, and afterwards we're going to try to make plays in the passing game, and um, I know my role, you know, what, what I'm, I'm going to be, you know, offensive opportunities going to be limited, but I just got to make sure they make them count. Um, we have a, three great tight ends on our team, including myself and Niles and SJ, so I think it's a nice, we have a nice combination where, you know, we're, depending on who's in, doesn't really matter. We all can get it done in whatever way possible, so, uh, and you got to give a lot of credit to your coaches having faith in us. You know, a lot of 
other teams would shy away from using their second and third tight end um, in passing situations, fourth quarter. But you know, uh, our coaches have faith in us, and you can see it. It shows in how we play. And I was going to say that because not just with you, but with Austin Safari and Jenkins and Niles Paul, you in these first four games, you guys have all been given opportunities to keep the drive alive. Just what you can say about being on a team like that, like you said, that there is trust in every tight end. I think that's unique. Um, you know, you see in the Patriots game, I think all three of us had a t uh, catch over 20 some or over 10, 15 yards. You know, a big explosive play. And then today, I know Niles had two. I had two. I think SJ had two or three. Um, it's just uh, kind of like a good sign for not only our group but our offense that you know you can go down the line and it doesn't matter who's in there and we're going to make plays. And you really got to give the credit to the coaching for um, preparing us and then allowing us to, have, to take advantage of those opportunities. Your offensive coordinator, Nate Hackett, just what you can say about his preparation. I mean, I love Nate. I think everybody agrees with us in the room that we, as a person, he's um, something you can speak to. You know, if you have problems with uh, what are they in the game plan, you know, situation, you can always have an honest conversation with them. I think it makes um, the install throughout the week and the preparation that much more fun and that much more of um, feels more collaborative rather than just you know him telling me what to do. That's what I love the most about Nate. Nate, Nate takes our advice and um, and I did really really I, I I have too much to say, so I'm just gonna <laughs> keep it there. But I, all I can say is that Nate's did a great job and I can't. I'm very happy they're OC. You said that he takes your advice. Has he taken your guys' advice to maybe not say too much about Star Wars plays, or is he still trying to institute this with Blake? <laughs> well, he um, he still has them in there now. Um, now he's just changed up the names a little bit, but they're always somehow Star Wars related. But uh, yeah, he he tries to make sure we don't give it away too much. When you look at it, just what this team has been able to do in your time here, to be you know a few steps out of the Super Bowl to defeating the Patriots this season. And it was the first time ever the Jaguars had done it in a regular season, first time ever against Tom Brady. And then to bounce back from that Tennessee loss here at home and to win the game you went the way you did here. Just what you could say about the atmosphere and the culture of this team that this isn't a team that's going to lose two, three, four games in a row. And that's what Malik Jackson was saying is that this, the coaches have told you guys we're not a team that loses twice in a well, row. I, you know, I, people always bring up the old Jaguars and the situations that happen um, with those teams. Ever since this is the team I know, you know, um, the only Blake I know is the Blake who's been making plays and took us to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. The only team I know is the team that we I don't can't remember how, how many losing streak games we had last year, but we never stringed them together. The only thing we stringed together were wins. So I just um, I've been very fortunate and ex extremely kind of um, excited since day one since I've been here, and not only the preparation of the team, but in the environment of the team. The guys enjoy coming to work. They enjoy playing. Um, they fight for every down, and they fight for every down, even in practice. It doesn't matter what day it is. Um, and it kind of makes coming to work and dealing with the stresses of our job that much more fun. Um, I can't say enough about this team. And it, and it all starts from the top down. Um, they, they all the coaches and all the uh, people, in the, the personnel, Coach Coughlin, they all just uh, instill that, that want to every day. Is there anybody stricter that you have been under than Tom Coughlin? Well, you know, I was with Belichick for a little bit, so <laughs> I got I got a taste of it. Yeah. Um, but I, it'd be tough to. That's a hard question, and if I had to say no, I don't think so. <laughs> but Coach Coughlin's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's all ball with him. He tells you like it is. He tells you straight up, um, and you appreciate that as a player. So um, I've been very fortunate to, to have him in my corner for the last year or two. Interesting there from James O'Shaughnessy. Asked him if there was anybody tougher to be under, you know, to work under than Tom Coughlin. And he's like, well, you know, I had Bill Belichick for a little while. But then he was like, interesting question. 
I don't think there's anybody tougher than Tom Coughlin. But Tom Coughlin, that's the way it is. Listen, you better come. You better be there 15 minutes early, or you're late. You better be dressed dressed nice. It better be yes sir, no sir, because you know championship mentality. It is. It, it's there's a different feel to that championship mentality. Is, is something special, it's something unique, and it's something that Tom Coughlin knows how to build. And he is old school, and Doug Marone is old school, and being old school is helping this team to move forward. Ground and pound, play harassment, defense, and make sure that you handle yourself like a professional. That is what they expect out of this team, and you know I'll tell you, Tom Coughlin's with this team, he's coaching this team, they go to two AFC Championship games. He leaves, the team struggles for a very long time, doesn't make the playoffs in a decade until he comes back, and now look at what they're doing. So, not take it away from Doug Marone, not take it away from Nate Hackett, Todd Wash, or anybody on this team. The reality of it all is Tom Coughlin is an X-factor. He is a J-factor, if you want to call it that, because it's the Jaguars. That is exactly what he is to this team. He is a paramount to success. He goes to the Giants, and the Giants are relevant. He goes to the Jaguars. The Jags are are, are relevant. He comes back to the Jaguars. The Jags are relevant. So there's a lot of great things to say about this team, and obviously when it comes to making sure that – you're making good decisions. One of those great decisions that Shad Khan and this team has made is bringing Tom Coughlin back to the fray. Coming up next is Tommy Bohannon. The fullback doesn't get talked about nearly enough and doesn't get talked to nearly enough. And they are the ones that are helping to block the Leonard Fournettes and the TJ Yeldons and the Corey Grants of the game. So I asked him about this. Their success with all three of the guys, it's not just Leonard Fournette. They've won two games without Leonard Fournette. And, 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 you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, they had Leonard Fournette for two drives in this one, won the game without him, won the game against the Patriots without him at all, and haven't had him for a full se- a full game this season in four tries yet. So it's not just about Leonard Fournette. It's about the ability of all of these running backs at Jacksonville to get it done, and it's about the fact that every single one of them has a common denominator, blocker and fullback Tommy Bohannon. So let's give the man some credit. Blocking for whoever is out there, and this is what he had to say about that. You know, I've said it before. These guys are special, not just Leonard, but obviously you know Leonard. But uh, TJ, whenever he's given his opportunities, he's been doing very well for us. And then Corey is that X factor that can kind of do a little bit of everything. He's got the speed that not many people do. So to have those type of guys that are being able to back him up and really show what they can do whenever he goes down, it's special. Speaking on uh, the importance of, you know, obviously the tight ends as well as your job when there has been these injuries early on in the season in the first four games to starting offensive linemen, just how important it is for you as, as well as Austin Safarian Jenkins and Niles Paul and so on and so forth to be that extra help in, in times like this. You know, definitely. And I mean, uh, we all have a job to do and, and we, we have to excel at those jobs to be successful. And I think that we've all done a great job of being able to do that and kind of being available and, and doing the things we need to to get the ball moving obviously last week we didn't do that as well but this week we came back and really showed up and and showed what we can be and and you know a lot of different people touched the ball today and a lot of people were able to do big things for us for our offense. Blake completed over 70 percent of his passes had 388 yards of this game which is a single game best for him in his career just what you can say about what he did in this game. 
five is another one that I mean not many people give him credit for what he does but there's so many different things that he does just being a, a guy that doesn't go down easy and avoid sacks and then going and making big plays in the passing game so the the things that he does for our offense really does help us out and he he's a big part and obviously he's the quarterback but he's he's a big part of what we do what was it about uh, the game against Tennessee that you had that big game against the Patriots and then kind of offense struggled to move the ball against Tennessee and then you bounce back in this one? What was that lull in between for you? You know, I think it's at the end of the day, it's just ex execution and, and being able to do your job and do it extremely well. So, I mean, to be able to, to go out and put this performance on after what we did last week, it, it does show that we have what it takes, but we have to do it week in and week out and just be consistent and, and really show up to work each and every day and do everything we need to do to, to win games. Bring me into that final drive. Nate Hackett wants to keep going for it. He wants to score. There's two direct snaps to TJ Yeldon and then ultimately going for it on fourth and two and getting that touchdown. touchdown. Just the importance of finishing the game the way that you guys do. Definitely. That's that's kind of our tempo setter and you know being able to do that and really impose our will and, and do it in a lot of different personnels on offense. It it shows that you know we, we have that attitude we want to finish. We want to be able to go out there and, and put points up. So to be able to do that and, and do that at the end of the game, it, it, it really helps us out for the next week and on fourth. And finally, just what you can say about Nate Hackett as an offensive coordinator, just what he creates for you guys out there. You know, he puts all of us in the best positions that we possibly can be. I mean, like I said today, a lot of people touched the ball. A lot of different people were able to make plays, and that's a big credit to him and, and what he does each and every week. And he, I think he's one of the, the best game plan coordinators in the, in the league right now, and he definitely shows up and, and does great things for our offense. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate yep, it. Thank you. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu, but we'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You're inside of On the Prowl, Jacksonville Jaguars coverage happening every Monday in the second hour of the show, and the Jaguars are on the air right now. My conversations with them straight from the locker room, straight after this game, 31-12, to in a victory over the New York Jets, bouncing back from that loss to Tennessee a week before. And that's where we're going to start things off with Jadon Mickens, the wide receiver and returner for the Jaguars, on the bounce back of this team and their ability to leave that loss to Tennessee where it was and to move forward and win this game and win it going away against the Jets. I feel I feel like you know we kept our focus you know um, we kept our humility uh, but we also kept our confidence and um, you know we just got back to work uh, right after that game and when we knew what we had to do we knew the mistakes and the flaws that we had uh, within us and today we came out here and we fixed a lot of those things a lot of things we got to clean up uh, with the team and myself personally and we just got to keep keep that grind going. You and I spoke in the past about uh, last season about the depth at wide receiver on this team. Just what you can say about all you guys, whether it be on special teams or being on the offensive side of the ball, that there are these names that maybe weren't household names before, but people know who you guys are now. Um, it's just a testament to the work. Uh, we make sure and we pride ourselves to you know, work as, as if we are the number one, whether it's a number one the receiver, number one on special teams. We're going to make sure that you know, we're in the right position to make the right plays and, and to be dynamic, whether it's offense and special teams. So it's, a, it's kind of a, we pride ourselves into being, being the, the, the top dogs and the players that we want to be. And you were, you know, obviously having a conversation here about going into film and looking at different things and being mm-hmm. ready for this. Just what you can say about Kansas City and all the weapons that they have, the speed that they have, and, and what they are going to put out there on the field. Uh, I think they're very dynamic. I think they're, you know, they're not going to, you know, come out and, and, and be a step behind. I think they're going to be sharp uh, from, from offense, defense, and special teams. Um, and we're, we're that type of team, too, where we have speed, where we have confidence, where we have great uh, coaching, and, and we, we want to go out there and win just like they do. So, at the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, who is not going to make the, the most mistakes and who's going to make plays. Molly Jackson said to me that the MO of this team is a team that's not going to lose twice in a row. Just what you can say about that. Uh, that's definitely true. That's definitely true because the more games you lose in this league, the you know, <laughs> the quicker you get pulled away from, from that playoff berth and, and, and the things you want to accomplish in December and January. So this game right here, really matters really matters uh any step back is is a step back (laughs) so we got to make sure that we come out on the winning end for sure and just be that team that we know we can be and lastly for me what did you learn from the tennessee loss what did that teach you about this team moving forward what could you take from that to propel you to have you know obviously better outcomes as you move forward like a game like today uh, a team that can respond from adversity. You know, uh, we took some shots, we took some punches from uh, from Tennessee. We took some today, um, but we we're a team that you know at the end of the day we're not going to fold. You know, if they they beat us, Tennessee beat us fair and square. Um, you know, but we're a team that's not going to fold. We're a team that's going to take punches and keep throwing them until the final bell rings, until the whistle blows. That coming from Jadon Mickens once again, kick returner. Kick, punt, special teams, returner, you name it, he does it with the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
on special teams, also a wide receiver if need be on the squad, and obviously need was last season in the playoffs, and he came up big with Keelan Cole for this team. Austin Safarian Jenkins is the next one up on the docket here on the prowl inside of my Jacksonville Jaguars coverage. Austin Safarian Jenkins on Bortles' career day. This is what he had to say about that. Uh, I thought he did a really, really good job, you know, finding the open guys. Uh, sometimes with that defense, you know, it's hard to find those guys because of the pressure, but he knew where the, where the ball should go. He did a great job today. I'm really, really proud of him, and, I, you know, I'm happy for him that he could have that career high game today. Being in an offense, spreading the ball around, you know, obviously you're getting looks, Didi's getting looks, yeah. DJ, Keelan, That's what everybody. offense is about. Everyone's supposed to get a touch. Everyone, you know, is supposed to maximize their potential. And I think Coach Hackett has done a great job of putting people in a, in a position to win. Um, regardless, you know, we've got guys uh, on our on our team with receiver, the tight end, the running back. We've got depth, you know. Uh, we got we got a lot of depth, and that we got guys that can make plays. And Coach Hackett has done a great job of spreading the ball around. Blake has done a great job of spreading the ball around and giving it to our playmakers. You bring up. Nate Hackett, just what you can say about him as an offensive coordinator. Does he remind you of anybody you've worked with before, or is he kind of a step above? I mean, he's just, I mean, I, I really appreciate him. You know, I just, I know how hard he works. I know how much this game means to him. I know how much he loves it. So it's easy to, like, it's easy to play for someone that you know uh, loves the game, you know, that, that loves the game just as much as you do. Um, and he's just a cool dude, you know. He, he loves the game and stuff, and he's fun, but, like, we're serious. Um, but he's just someone that you would play. I would I would run through a brick wall for him, you know. I would do anything for him. When you look at the offense, Leonard Fournette hasn't played a full game this season, but you guys are 3-1. and one. Just what you can say about the next man up approach. Uh, it's not even like the next man up approach, you know. Leonard's a special player, you know. Whenever we can have Leonard Fournette in the backfield, we want him in the backfield. Unfortunately, sometimes, you know, you know, people get hurt and stuff like that. Um, but you know, you know, the guys, the guys behind him, you know, yeah. T.J. Yeldon, T.J. Yeldon's a beast too, you know. Yeah. You know, Corey Grant can make plays too. So uh, when when Leonard doesn't, you know, play or he got, he has to get out because he's hurt, um, that gives T.J. an opportunity to really show what he can do, and uh, he's special as well. When you look at kind of the bounce back mm -hmm. of that offensive game, you not a lot going on in the Tennessee game. You know that nine to six loss that you had here at home to do what you did against the Patriots and then have the game against the Titans and bounce back. Just what you guys were feeling after that game and how quickly you kind of let that one go and went here. Yeah, you got to let it go because you know um, that shit doesn't really matter. Going like last week, it doesn't matter. Um, obviously, you want to clean up and not do that. Uh, but in the in the retrospect, and you look at it right right now. That's what didn't mean shit. Yeah, like when we're out, when we're out on the field, like the only thing we're trying to focus on is what the coaches have told us, how we've watched the film, how we execute. Like all that stuff is forgotten when we're out there, and it's just like just doing our job. And, and today we did a really good job executing, and that's why we scored. That's why we had more offense. That's why Blake did really, really well. Um, we executed, uh, unlike last week. And lastly, just what you could say. I know you're only four games into being on this team, but just yeah. what you feel from this locker room on and off the field with this team? Oh, uh, just greatness. That's it. Simple as that. That coming once again from Austin Safarian Jenkins. Austin Safarian Jenkins in his first season with the Jaguars as a tight end. And you heard from James O'Shaughnessy. You also heard this season, earlier on in the season, from Niles Paul. And each of them getting involved in this game, as James O'Shaughnessy said. And as Austin Safarian Jenkins said, there's just depth all throughout this team and a fight for this. Nothing but positive things to say about Blake Bortles, who he has been, you know, saying great things about since he came into the locker room, just, just what he's had to say this season and me being around him, just positive things. And I agree with it because, 
you know me. I'm, I'm apparently I'm in the minority of the 1.4 percent of the world or whatever. But I'm not one of those guys or one of those broadcasters that has constantly berated Blake Bortles. I have defended him since 2014, and not on purpose, uh, feeling like I had to go out there and do it. I just thought he was a talented guy. Blaine Gabbert was a lot of issues for the team. They had Blake Bortles. I had a good feeling about him. He did good things when he was at UCF. He he brought a lot of positivity to this team. I think he can move the ball down the field. He can run. And like I said, in conversations almost weekly now, I am defending Blake Bortles because people don't see what I see. And Austin Safarian Jenkins obviously saw it. And the New York Jets saw it in this game as well. On the other side of it, A.J. Boye was seeing Sam Darnold and company. Just what he could say about moving forward, letting that Tennessee loss be what it was, and making sure that they got back on it to win this game. That's what he had to say about that. Um, it was just a great game. Uh, still had some mistakes out there um, as a team that we have to focus on. But uh, it's good to always come out with a win. Um, have a great team next week that we got to play. So we're going to celebrate this win. But we know we got to stay on it and stay focused and consistent. Five on the other side for you, just what he's able to do in, in this game, over 70% completion percentage, just to his importance of keeping you guys off the field and taking that clock down. Yeah, he's uh, definitely getting better extending plays, uh, getting the players in the right position and formation to win on third down. And you saw that today. Uh, guys were getting open, so it was great blocking, great uh, great routes, everything. So they did what they were supposed to do and it kept us off the field. Gibson, just what you could say from him. I know there's an interception that was taken away, yeah. but just what he is to this defense. He means a lot. Uh, He's a playmaker. I've been said that, especially since I got here. Um, right when, right when it happened, I apologized to him. I thought, I thought I didn't hold him. I was just trying to be aggressive and get my hand down. But they said I had his shoulder, so I tried to make it up. But it's all good. Well, at least we had more improvement this time. The DBs were getting their hand on the ball, at least, and uh, having PBUs. We was in a drought for like four games, so. Teamwork and words from a, a consummate professional, AJ Boye. Got to speak with him when he was getting ready to get on a plane. And after he had made the agreement to come to Jacksonville and have spoken with him inside the locker room last season and obviously this season as well. So a big shout out to A.J. Boye, who I think is, you know, just a strong professional. And like he said after that, he's like, you know, I went over to uh, to Gibson. And I apologize. He's like, I didn't think I held the guy. I didn't think I did that. You know, he's like, I apologize to him because that was his interception and whatnot. So, you know, just showing that teamwork. And if you're around these guys and you get to kind of just feel their energy and see how they are and how they, you know, I'm a big person on when you're around people in, in a, you know, in any type of a room, if there's a million people or there's two people or three or 10 or whatever it may be, that you could sense the energy. And, you know, when you look at someone's eyes, you look at the way they're responding, the way that they handle things. A.J. Boye, he's a team player. He's a guy who's going to fight for himself. He's going to fight for his teammates. He he establishes that in the conversation, and he always spends a couple minutes with me. So I want to thank A.J. Boye for that and the hard work that he's put forward. Next up on the docket is Malik Jackson. Malik Jackson came to this team after winning a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning. And after that, he had a team that struggled, stayed on that team, stayed with it, kept believing, told me that there were talented guys on the team. There were numerous guys. He saw a lot in the locker room. He saw that this team could be something, even if people didn't believe him. And then the next season, they won 12 games and were four points away from being in the Super Bowl. And now this season, they're 3-1 and one to start off this campaign. Just what he can say about Blake Bortles and the positives of that, because Blake has been a huge part of this team's success through this era of Jaguars football. So this 
conversation with Malik Jackson, the defensive tackle of the Jaguars, begins with talk on Blake Bortles. Yeah, man, he's, he's, he's a GOAT, man. You know, everybody wants to talk about him, say he's not this, say he's not that, say they need to prove him, he needs to prove to them this and that. That man plays how he plays. You know, when, when everybody on their offense is ready to go and, and, and revving up and, and moving moving other people and, and being consistent, that's when we win, you know. So I think Blake's doing a great job. Uh, he's, he's a GOAT. On the other side of it with uh, Sam Darnold, just what you saw from him in this game and just what your reads were because you guys were able to contain him throughout yeah. the game. Now I saw a quarterback that's comfortable in that pocket, boy. He stood up there nice and tall. A lot of plays looking downfield, you know. So I see the quarterback that stands in there, um, looks downfield, going to try to look for that big play. You know, he's got a lot of uh, kind of balls to him, you know what I'm saying, so to speak. So I think it's going to be real good. And just what you could say about the bounce back of this team coming off of that Tennessee loss, 9-6, to six, just how quickly you let that one go and, and how this team was able to bounce back so fast. Yeah, man, we understood what we uh, the opportunity that we that we messed up. We understood uh, how big it was, but, you know, coach right after that game, coach said, you know, we don't lose two games in a row. And that's our identity, and that's who we are. So right after that game, we watched it, and we moved on. You know, I mean, it's, it was only game three. So we got a lot more to go. Now we got, what, 12 more? So just got to keep rolling, keep moving on. It's not that hard to move on especially with the coaching staff we have here. What's so special about this coaching staff here? Man, they know what they need to do, and they do it. Uh, they give us every nugget and information that we need, and they put in the overtime that I think a lot of coaches don't do. You know, they're here all the time. They're always giving us information. They know everything that's about to happen, and they just put us in great positions, man. They're, they're definitely dedicated. Yeah. Tad Wash is what he is as a defensive coordinator. What is he as a defensive coordinator? Yeah, just what makes him special, what separates him. Um, for me personally, he just understands his players. He understands his strengths and his weaknesses, if we have any. You know what I'm saying? He understands who can do what, and he just puts us in great positions. And I think that's what a great D coordinator is. You came onto this team after winning a Super Bowl, and there was obviously a maturation process, and there was some time that needed to be taken. Then you guys did what you did last season, and then this season around, you're able to beat the Patriots for the first time ever in the regular season, yep. first time against Tom Brady as the quarterback of the Patriots. Just what this team is showing you this time around this year? Uh, we're just showing growth. You know, we're showing that we can um, show something from last year and not, um, you're going to have to change this word, but nut up, so to speak. You know, be able to. Uh, just grow. That's, that's really the only, the best word I can see. We grow. You know, we don't be complacent. We're not like, okay, last year was a good year. We didn't expect to get here, but it's okay. We're okay. Now nah, we were like, okay, we got here. We knew we could. Now let's, not everybody knows that we're good. Let's show everybody that we're good. You know what I'm saying? So that's it, man. Just grow. That's, that's the easiest way I can say it. We just grow. Thanks, man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, brother. This is a wake up call, fast break. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Having peace of mind when you're out of town, that your furry loving friend is safe and sound, means taking them to Canine Campground. Because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? <laughs> 
So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. <laughs> now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pick-up times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K.com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to Canine Campground. The Pen and Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pen and Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your... The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Always excited to be here on the broadcast and to spend some time on the airwaves with yourself. Whatever you're doing, whether you're taking care of the kids, you're at your job, you're coming back from being at your job, you're on vacation you're, you know, you're, you just started your vacation, you're ending your vacation, you're traveling, you're playing sports, you're working out, whatever you may do, you're eating a sandwich, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, thank you so much to listen, for listening to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on wakeupcalldt.com on the homepage and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Much praise and much love for you for being a part of this show. I thank you so much for that and uh, and just truly, truly appreciate your time because I know that time is precious in our lives that we have every single moment should be spent wisely. And with that being said, speaking of spending moments wisely, I got to spend some time with Josh Wells. You just heard from Malik Jackson. Always, always great to spend time with him. And Josh Wells, for the first time ever, is on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. I really wanted to talk with Josh after he got the job with Cam Robinson going down with an an unfortunate ACL injury, and we pray and hope for a speedy recovery. 
and that Cam Robinson not only has a speedy recovery from his ACL injury, but that once it heals and it's healed completely, it never affects him again and that he doesn't have any more injuries and that he stays healthy throughout the rest of his career and the rest of his life, most importantly. So with that being said, God bless you to Cam, and thank you to Cam Robinson for always being a part of the show. I know Cam was a rookie last season uh, coming from Alabama, and him and I have spent a lot of time speaking uh, on this broadcast. So I just want to give Cam love and, and thank him for the time that he has spent with me. Like I said, every moment's precious. So thank you for all the time that you've given to me, Cam, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora to speak after games. And obviously we pray and we hope for a speedy recovery for you and your loved ones. With that being said, Josh Wells has taken over for him at left tackle. Josh Wells is in his fourth, se- fourth season out of James Madison, and he is not he's doing a lot of different things here, okay? He's not only the blind side for Blake Bortles, but he's also a huge part of the run game and a huge part of the protection. The left tackle is one of the greatest jobs on the NFL field that's not talked about enough. So Josh Wells, him and I speaking on him stepping in and just what he has seen from himself so far, looking in the mirror and looking at what he's done up to this point, stepping in to be the starting left tackle for this Jaguars team that's obviously trying to do some special things this year. This is what he had to say. I just continue trying to get better. Um, I think it's been nice to, I mean, we're 3-1 and one right now. I think it's been good to get some wins and get a win today. I think just making corrections every week and try to be a better player. There's been injuries that have happened with Brandon Linder, with Cam Robinson, A.J. Can, and so on and so forth. Just what you could say about battling through that and the next man up approach. Yeah, I think it's a testament to this team. I think it's a testament to our offensive line room, and, and they, they tell you to uh, next man up mentality and, and to prepare like you're going to play. And uh, just, just keep rolling and be ready. And when your time comes, make the most of your opportunity and just trust yourself and trust your ability. What did the offensive line take away from that loss against Tennessee, the one loss so far the first four games this season? What did you guys take away from that? and maybe what you saw on film? Uh, we just got to stick together as a team. Uh, we're going to be put in the best position to win each week with our game plan from Coach Hackett and, uh, and the whole staff. I think it comes down to us to execute, uh, staying together, uh, not hurting ourselves, um, just being able to finish, finishing everything we do, our blocks and drives and everything. You brought up Nate Hackett. Just what you can say about what makes him special as an offensive coordinator. He's great. I, I think he takes uh, input from everyone, um, but at the end of the day, uh, he obviously knows what he's doing, and, and that's that's his job, and, and he's uh, – we trust him to do his job, and he trusts us to do our job. And I think that's a that's a big thing with uh, the offense and this team is just trust all around the room. When you look at what you've seen from the team so far at this point at 3-1, and one, what are some of those pieces that you think are maybe clicking on all cylinders, maybe the, the strengths of the team right now? I think just when we stick together, uh, I think when it's, you know, when it's not one person taking a play here or there, I think when we're all on top of our things and on top of the game plan, um, just hear the call, know the call, and just to do our job. There is a couple direct snaps late in the game on that final drive for you guys to T.J. Yeldon and on fourth and two Nate Hackett and you know Doug Brown they wanted to go for it and you end up getting the touchdown there. Just the importance of running those plays and the importance of scoring even though you guys were up late in the game. I think it's great. I mean I think it's great. Um, like I said it's it's uh, coaches call the plays and it's up to us to execute. Um, that's just something we had in uh, this week obviously and, and then next week it might be something completely different. So just being ready for whatever uh, is asked of us and just prepare uh, and that, holding that expectation level to execute. Having Blake, just what he's been able to do, he's never had 388 passing yards in a game, so it's a, it's a single game best for him, and he just passed David Garrard.
yard and, and completion, yeah. so he's second all-time behind Mark Brunell. Just what you can say about what he is to this team and what he is as a leader. Uh, he's he's unbelievable. Uh, he's a competitor. I wouldn't want anybody else in the huddle uh, leading us. Um, like you said, he is a leader. and He's a leader of this team. He's a leader of this offense. Um, we look to him, you know, and, and want to protect him and take care of him and, and help him to have the best game uh, he can have. I think just sticking together, but uh, he's, a, he's a great guy, great player, and, and you know, happy to block for him. You came from James Madison, right? I did. So, what can you take away from your time there? Are there any pieces that you kind of go back to when you were at, when you were asked to be the next guy up with Cam going down? Was there anything you kind of thought back to from James Madison? Well, yeah, I think when I went to JMU, I was a uh, tight end. I uh, went to defensive line, back to tight end, back to off, then finally went to offensive line. And I think just uh, being willing to do whatever it takes to help the team win. Um, I think when you are called on, um, there's no there's no drop in expectation. I think it's when the, when the next guy steps in, um, everybody's looking to you to perform um, and themselves. And I think it's a trust thing between everybody and, and just keep moving forward. What did you do to, to get ready for an opportunity like this? Because it's it's not just like taking over any position. I mean, it's directly responsible for protecting Blake, obviously, right. with the run game, everything there, and with you being at left tackle, the blind side. Yes. So, you know, this is a, a huge piece and, and kind of a piece that doesn't get represented in the media as much as it should. So how did you stay ready to be able to go out there and to not really show a lot of drop-off between you and Cam? Yeah, I think it's just an ongoing process. Um, from my rookie year through my next couple years, and then now it's my fifth year, I think um, having some game reps in the past I think helps, but I think this group is special, this offensive line is special. Um, Coach uh, Coach Flats, Fla Coach Flaherty, he's he's great, um, and he prepares everyone like you're going to play, you know, and, and there's no – drop an expectation. It's just uh, when he's coaching this, the second team guys or the practice squad guys, he's coaching them uh, like it's an importance, like you're going to play, you know, and you're going to, when you get that opportunity to help this team win, uh, but I think it's just, like you said, it's just, it's an important thing to, for the offensive line to stick together and just continue to work together. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is a wake-up call fast break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I thank you so much for tuning in to today's show of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, featuring Monday morning quarterback with Marvin Graves, Syracuse Orange quarterback in their history, spending the first hour with us, and the second hour being spent on the prowl covering the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to thank Austin Severian Jenkins, tight end for the Jaguars, as well as fellow tight end James O'Shaughnessy. I want to thank left tackle Josh Wells, who you just heard from. 
Defensive tackle Malik Jackson, as well as cornerback A.J. Boye, fullback Tommy Bohannon, and wide receiver and returner Jadon Mickens for joining me following the victory 31-12 over the Jets this week. Thanks to each and every single one of you gentlemen, and thank you to all the Jaguars that have been on this broadcast over the last 10 years and counting. I appreciate you, and I thank you for your time. Thank you to the Jaguars organization for all that they do. And to all the fans in Duval, the Jaguars are 3-1, and one, folks, as they head on the road to Kansas City in their biggest competition of the season offensively. You know, the Patriots, you figure the Patriots are going to be in any game, but Kansas City is touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Pat Mahomes, the second, is making it happen. Tyreek Hill is the fastest guy in the NFL. Kareem Hunt is there. There's Travis Kelsey. A lot of guys to defend, so Jacksonville's top defense is going to have all the work that they can handle with that offense, as well as the special teams, Jadon Mickens and special teams, talking about that going into this upcoming game, about what they have to watch on film and be ready for and anticipate, and then obviously Blake Bortles has to get out there and do what he needs to do on offense to continue to show why he is something special and the many reasons why I defend Blake Bortles. Number two all-time in career completions following the win over the Jets, 1,000 407 passes David Garrard, and then he got a few more after that, a little icing on the cake after that. The only person in front of him is Mark Brunel for career completions as a Jaguar in the franchise, and his 388 passing yards once again were the most yards he's ever passed for in a game ever in the NFL. The, the his, his second best now, which used to be his first, was 381 yards, which he beat by seven yards this time around. Both of those games against the Jets, 381 was in a loss, 388 is in a win. So I'm sure he cares about that more than anything. The team is 3-1, and one and they will not be home for a bit here. Speaking on these Jacksonville Jaguars, they're going to be heading onto the road at Kansas City. Then they'll be at the Cowboys before they come home and are back on my birthday in Jacksonville on October 21st at 1 p.m. Eastern time against the Texans inside of the AFC South Division. So, God bless you all. Thank you all to a great show, a great time, and a great day. Once again, thank you to all the gentlemen that joined me today, and I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Wake Up Call with Dan Tatora live on Tuesday, October 2nd, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Plenty to talk about inside of the NFL. We'll be doing that after Monday night's game tonight. So after all of that happens, we'll be talking about it just a few hours later on the air at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. The ingredients to success will be brought to you by Utica Pizza Company, and it's a Utica thing, as always, to round out the Tuesday shows. So plenty to talk about, plenty to have for you tomorrow morning on the show. Can't wait to share that with you. God bless in the meantime, and have yourselves a phenomenal and tremendous day. Wake Up Call is on Twitter at CallDT, Instagram at wakeupcall underscore DT, and Facebook at wakeupcalldt. Wakeupcalldt.com is available all the time, and I appreciate everybody that's gone to each and every single one of those and for checking out the show and checking out our work from videos to our articles to over a 1,000 shows that are available to you by going to the Podbean Podcast, iTunes. You can also go to TuneIn Radio and the RSS feed to listen in to every one of these broadcasts, including the one you're listening to right now. 
and we've added a bunch, so make sure you check it out today. WakeUpCallDT.com. Click on any one of the archive logos. You can also go straight to WakeUpCallDT.Podbean.com. I appreciate you. God bless you, and have yourselves a great day. Be well, and be good to each other.